Hello everyone and welcome to Sights on Sinnoh episode 57 as we journey through the Sinnoh region. This week with me I am joined by JM aka Turtle Guy. How's it going? going well real exciting bunch of episodes today oh yeah we got quite the pair as we're covering 44 and 45 of diamond and pearl battle dimension and it's a it's a hefty pair it's like a a little movie going on here yeah i feel like i don't know about you but i felt like you really can't have one without the other yeah that's they why don't, they don't stand on their own definitely and that's why i think for these we'll have an extra rating just for both of them together okay uh because it's very clearly supposed to be in that way but even more so than i think other two parters that we've had in the past yeah like sure there was the uh tag battle arc but you know you could still take breaks in between exactly it wasn't like one continuous thing as super as direct as as this is and uh what was your like initial reaction to this first episode? Or just give our audience an idea of what it's about. The title for this is Losing Its Lustrous, and the blurb goes, Team Galactic has just stolen the adamant orb from a transport plane headed to Celestic Town, and their next target could be the lustrous orb stored in the town's research center. Open scene, we're in the POV of a plane flying across water, out towards Celestic Town. Yeah, uh, really intense start. Um, if this hadn't come first, I would have thought it was a huge ripoff off of the start of Dark Knight Rises. Oh, or the, the scene where like Bane—it's like the opening of Dark Knight Rises, where like Bane takes over the airplane and another airplane like attacks the first airplane. Oh, <laughs> it was just like. It was just, like, super intense, like, action movie vibes. Yeah, like, we get this transport plane that's full of police getting swarmed by Golbat, and then a plane, a, like, helicopter that they say is not responding to them, uh, landing right on top, basically. Or, not, like, hovering right above them. Um, and we just see a Toxicroak land in front of the windshield. Like, holy crap, yeah. like that. At the deads. Yeah, I mean, this episode just starts off just crazy intense, like, right off the bat. It's, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, definitely. It, it gets the blood pumping. Um, and then we cut through the intro and see that they're wrapping, like, our heroes are wrapping up after the Celestic Town contest where Dawn got her third w ribbon while Ash is training to counter... The hypnosis slash sleep tactic of uh, Fantina when he's getting ready to face her at the fifth at the fifth gym back in Heart Home, um, and it's a kind of neat scene of like watching them pack up and ready to hit the road because I feel like so many other times we cut far into like the next day or something and they're like on the road and we never see this transition period. Yeah, what well, the narrator said, like a, a mere twenty four hours later or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Very specific so that, also. That was cool. Yeah. Exactly. It's, I don't know, this whole thing is, like, really charming to see, like, I feel like the season's really good at portraying Ash's growth. And Dawn's mm -hmm. growth as well. But in this case, Ash's. And, and with his demonstration that he gives here. 
um, right. when Don comes to get him. Yes, I love this because it really ties them together in multiple ways. Because as Don comes up to them, Pikachu's finishing up his combination uh, move and then she's like, oh, did you figure it out? Because he's like, hey, give me some more training before we, we take off. And um, shows that he's inspired by Ambipom's uh, unintentional kind of color to the, the sleep tactics that it faced against a Glamio that was using Sing at the contest. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they're like, yeah, how are you going to do that? Because Ambipom used double hit. <laughs> like, none of your Pokemon can do that. <laughs> I, I love how skeptical Brock is this whole time. He's like, mm -hmm. haven't you done defense for offense or offense for defense yeah. before? And it, it's just like very aware of mm -hmm. Ash's pass, which is nice. And then he's like, but Ambipom has two tails. Right. <laughs> how, how do you plan to do that if you can't use double hit because you don't have two tails exactly and he's like yeah i know but acknowledging like the skepticism from brock but also says fantina's sleep moves specifically are different so mm -hmm. he's conducting something specifically for that and what he shows us is weasel using aqua jet but spinning before so it kind of expands the aqua jet into more like an aqua plane i guess <laughs> like just um wider and bulkier all around and yeah at, mm -hmm. oh go ahead and just like dawn is thrilled to see this yeah that's what i was gonna say is she is just so excited and she's like our move has evolved uh -huh. into like a really powerful attack like it's just I think it's a good thing for Dawn to see this because mm -hmm. she's been so hung up recently on feeling that she holds Ash back. Right. And that's like been like, aside from her own, like feeling bad about herself, she's been feeling like, you know, she's also weighing down the team mm -hmm. and, and showing that something that she introduced has come so far. Cause the spin has been useful throughout this season. Like this yes. has been a recurring thing. And to see it in this sort of like final form of enhancing the attack power of a move while also providing defense coverage is, you know, it can't really go too much further at this point. Right. And so for, for Dawn to see that and be like, hey, like this was useful. I'm not mm -hmm. a burden on the team. It was nice to see, even if it's just so subtly expressed. Exactly. And also the fact that she trained Buizel to do some of this like at, at least in the contest aspect of it also mm -hmm. i think as to her admiration and like beaming um response to this which is awesome yeah i think i think too just in you saying that reminded me of uh, th there seems to be this duality between ambipom and buizel because mm -hmm. the two were the trade partners mm -hmm. um and they, they kind of like reverse roles into you know what naturally fits them better um, but then Ash is taking that inspiration from Ambipom and applying it to Buizel. So I like that duality. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's really funny because Ash is inspired by Ambipom, who was his Pokemon and yeah. what, it, what it did in the battle. So it, it's just like a really neat full circle use of their history together. Definitely. 
And then back at the Pokemon Center, Brock is kind of chilling there with Hapini, who just empties his bag really <laughs> cutely. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, sure, I guess it, it's a baby. <laughs> it just wants to, like, throw things around. Right. Um, and as he's packing stuff up on the TV, there's the breaking news of the successful emergency landing that the transport plane did from the beginning of the episode. And it looks like no one was hurt, but they did somehow get the lust, the adamant orb, actually, which, which was on the plane. The plane doesn't seem to have any, like, broken glass or anything. I'm not you, sure how they got the orb out. I, I just, like, don't think about it okay. too much. <laughs> There's, like, this is clearly just, like, exposition, like, moving mm -hmm. the plot along. I, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I, I don't want it to make sense, honestly. I just want to imagine my, like, super cool, like, action movie yeah. heist thing and, and leave it at that. That's true. I I do, too. I think that's my main thing with this episode <laughs> is I just have a lot of nitpicks, but... Oh, same, yeah. Just filling in the gaps with the what they want you to feel from it kind of helps a lot with that. There's like all this these police cars surrounding it, and the reporter says, "Yeah, it looks like the same organization is linked to what happened back in Veilstone City with the meteorite theft a while ago." They said that in the middle of this, this was in the middle of them trying to transport the orb over to the Celestic Town Historical Research Center. Super long name, but uh, it was basically going to be carried there to be researched alongside the lustrous orb. Do you think that they've researched them together before? Or is this like a historical first-time thing? I, I think it's a historical first-time thing. Okay. I, As I said that, I'm actually remembering now that in the first episode that we meet Cynthia, they actually uncover the lustrous orb. At the ruins? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or okay. like these, they not themselves, but I mean, like on TV. Oh, the, the yeah, they they mention it. I do remember that. Yeah, it was, it was mentioned. So yeah, that would be a first thing, and like the reason that the historical society is where it is is because of those ruins. Exactly. So it looks like it was like an active research site. Right. Like this is the museum research site hybrid kind of thing, which is always cool. Now, can can I just take a moment here? Yeah. Uh, to do game comparison. Oh, sure. Because Celestic Town is important to the like, galactic storyline of the games. Right. Like, it's got... It, I mean, it is, like, the lore town. What the heck was the Celestic Town in these episodes? Because it is not the Celestic Town we're used to. <laughs> right, it's very just modern city. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think the whole thing about Celestic in the games is that it's this, like ancient town that's kind of untouched by time right and it has those like ancient ties and, and the people there are all very like traditional mm -hmm. and you know the, the it's a very like tied to the lore and mythology of Sinnoh it, I was just gonna say it's like not industrialized compared to pretty much every other town that we see right and and here it's more of a uh, it's your standard town it looks like all the rest and it has mm -hmm. a contest venue and i know like that's important because it gives the heroes a reason to even go there right um 
but it's also like it feels like that was lost yeah like, sure sure there's the historical society in the ruins but i think the whole thing about celestic town for me when i was first playing the games is it's like this out of the way town mm-hmm. you're just running like a fetch quest for right and then you get so wrapped up in the lore yeah i do wish it was more distinct in that way like something to the vibe of the Ecritique town or the Ecritique city yeah. of Jojo. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did kind of have that come to mind when they're like, oh yeah, we have this historical research center, which isn't in the games at all. As far as I know, it's very much like we have the ruins, but that's kind of it. Yeah. It's the ruins and Cynthia's grandparents, but yeah. they're not like any sort of professionals. They just live there and like, care for the ruins right it's got more of like a tribal um yeah background to it rather than scientific and i guess i don't know the word for it like scientific is it like yeah. a more specific word yeah i think that's like close enough because i i get what you're saying like it mm-hmm. feels like it's more in the games it feels like it's more steeped in like mythology mm-hmm. and here it seems like it's all for research purposes. Yeah, it's very like let's research an archive. Yeah, it's it's very academic. Mhm. It's less about yeah, that's a good word for it. It's less about passing things down and heritage is not as mm-hmm. strong here in the portrayal that we see in the anime. Um and yeah, I think it, it definitely could use some of that. And a character that we're about to meet kind of does in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But that might be more a personality thing that I'm thinking of. So I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that as we get closer. Oh boy. You're about but Nurse Joy <laughs> <laughs> tells them about like, oh yeah, Cynthia's in town as well. And she's going to be there. So everyone's like, hey, yeah, let's go meet her. And <laughs> Brock hops over to Nurse Joy before they leave. And being like, don't worry, I'll protect you. Uh, because this plane just got hijacked and they're clearly coming for you. Uh, and you're my last resort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brock, please. Like, you don't... Oh, well, uh, at least didn't say you're my adamant or because uh, we know how oh, that God. just ended up right now. He's expecting Krogunk to come drag him away like usual, but nothing. Yeah, Krogunk's just brooding in the corner. I mean, mm-hmm. that's typically what he does, but... More so. Yes, he's like at the window staring intensely. And even Ash and Dawn are noticing like, oh, Brock, Krogan's kind of out of character today. And Brock's also kind of, <laughs> he's interrupted by this. Like, even though he's he's really into this, he's, and he's not really celebrating that Krogan's not getting in the way. It's more just like, oh, something is wrong with Krogan. <laughs> and I wonder if that's like, Part of why Brock does it is he knows he's not going to get any further than Krogunk attacking him. Mm. And then it's like, you, you know, the, the thrill of it's gone. Like, he right. Cool. <laughs> hey, maybe this just means he's a masochist. Yeah. I'm worried <laughs> for him. Uh, and then outside the window, Team Rocket starts scheming as they hear about the Lustrous Orb. And <laughs> Ash and friends just casually walk over to the historical uh, institute and it's surrounded by cops. But there's like no 
police blocking or barricading the entrance, so they kind of just yeah, walk up. They're allowed to go up to it and like, uh -huh. you know, heightened security and everything, but right. they don't really do anything with that. Yeah, like they're just staring at it from the road, and then Cynthia's like, "Oh, hey, it's Ash," and they then Brock comes over, of it's course. This random ten-year-old that I met like <laughs> two months ago. Right. But I told him my favorite quote, so now we're bonded for life, okay? Right. Uh, and then this is where she introduces them to her grandmother, Carolina, and she is the head researcher here, basically. And uh, she's a very, like, I don't know the word for it. She's like a, she uses this word herself, so I don't want to use it, but kind of like spunky grandmother. Yeah. She's, um, oh, what was the word I had? He's very he smug about things. Yeah. And not super reverent of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Like, she she kind of... Kind of crude. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we kind of get that she's, uh, like, professional and she doesn't mean it in some ways. But it, it does feel kind of weird that, like, a, an, a role model or a role model or, like, an adult in the society kind of acts like that yeah you know old people being old people i guess apparently yeah so they all introduce themselves and she's like oh man i've heard so much about you from um cynthia and this again brings the question what what did cynthia tell them they met for like an hour maybe yeah and ash wasn't even like the most noteworthy person that cynthia met because right. like her whole thing was a battle with paul yeah ex exactly like, um, <laughs> what did she tell them about Paul is the real question. Yeah, exactly. Um, you did say her name, right? Like Carolina? Her name? Yeah, Carolina. Yes. Okay, just making sure. Right, um, right. Because and... she is, like, a major part of these two episodes. Yes, she is an active character, for better or worse, as we'll see. <laughs> okay, yeah, as they're having this interaction at the front of the museum... We see that at a rooftop nearby, we have a bunch of Team Galactic grunts kind of spying over and reporting that there's a problem at level E, which prompts a, a character that we've seen before, uh, Saturn, actually communicate to some other team members of his in a lot of code speak, which I thought was kind of neat because it shows how organized they are. Yeah, it was interesting trying to, like, decipher it and, mm -hmm. like, understand what they meant. I mean, the phases are pretty obvious, and they have, like, backup plans for their backup plans. Right. You know, like, like, like they've ensured that they can't fail. Yes, they are not, like, freaked out by one thing going wrong. They know what to do if, if that happens. Mm -hmm. And in this case, Saturn communicates that the group that interfered with the Veilstone plan is here. So... Mm -hmm. They recognize them enough for that, which is interesting. Right. And um, Mars actually says interesting as well. And Saturn's like, eh, just go ahead and start phase one. And this is the debut of the other two characters who are famous yeah. from Team Galactic. Mars and Saturn. What do you think about them? Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, I just, I don't know. I like the styles of <laughs> Team Galactic in general. It is a shame that it, we're this far in and just now getting these two. Yeah. Um, is it, it's Mars you face first, right, at Windworks? Correct. 
yeah with her perugly mm-hmm. and you know here we are nearing the end of the second season and we're just now getting her right which the the only reason i say that that's a shame is because you know if they're following the trajectory of the games wouldn't you want a character that you're familiar with from the games to have been introduced that early i don't know true like the first one we meet of this trio is saturn yeah there's also jupiter do you remember the first time that you meet her in the games i do not um it was an episode you were on actually was it yeah very similar to this one uh oh the um the eterna Yes, the, she's over in Eternity holding the bike owner hostage, basically. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, Rad Rickshaw. Yeah. Rad Rickshaw, what a guy. <laughs> but yeah, this is where they are making their appearances now. Saturn was kind of the Team Galactic appearance, though, mm-hmm. for that episode at the very end. Right, and, right. Because um, yeah, they so, named Saturn there. Exactly, and and they show him in like flying away in the helicopter, but it doesn't say anything, I believe. But going back to our heroes, they're talking about how like how well Cindy asks him about Paul, and Ash is kind of down on himself, and Carolina just digs into him as he's talking about how like yeah he hasn't battled Paul yeah. She's like, I bet you can't beat Cynthia either. It's like, would you even talk about that? Like, what? What are you? <laughs> what? Like, this has never come up. Uh, Ash, sure, probably wants to battle her, but although she's, like, confusing Paul and Ash in her mind, maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's just, like, uncomfortable, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, I, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Cindy's like, hey, like, chill, dear <laughs> grandma. And then Ash is I'm, like, hey, I'm but down, let's- granny. Exactly. He, and actually, since the last time we saw you, we've been training like crazy and even made a bunch of new friends. And that Carolina then changes her attitude again. <laughs> Is it time, Will? It's time. Is it time for me to sound insane. <laughs> Is it time? Okay. Um, hey, you could be, you could, depending on who's listening, be, you could, could actually. Be right on the money. Exactly. You might have support from other people if, <laughs> if okay, they finally I'm, see this. I'm going to give a timestamp for our viewers. This is okay. seven minutes, 50 seconds. If you want to check this out, go for it. I, I listened to this scene like 10 times in a row because Ash said this whole thing about, oh, we've like met so many people, made so many friends, and we've gotten so much stronger. And mm. then Carolina responds saying, um, Hey, you got spunk, kid. At least they can't take that away from you. Which is, one, terribly rude. But two, as she says the word hey, there's a sound in the background. Will, did you hear this sound? I only heard music, and I listened to this, like, five times. Okay, I think that I heard the flute sound from, well, from the title screen of the games, the Celestica flute, as we now know it's called. Oh, uh, the like the the flute trill downwards. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I heard, but it's so weirdly placed, and I'm not sure like if that was intentional or not. Hmm. Literally, the moment she says "Hey," yes, and like it makes sense. No, I don't hear it. It it makes sense because of. 
this being like the big lore moment. It's a weird mm. placement in the episode. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense now in 2021 because <laughs> right? we, now know that song is, <laughs> we now know that the instrument is called the Celestica flute, something we did not know mm-hmm. 15 years ago <laughs> or however long ago this game, these games were. Right. We did not know that, but now it is called like that's sound comes from what is called the Celestica flute, as we now know, now that we're leading into legends. Exactly. So uh-huh. I, I'm just going like full on like conspiracy, like Charlie Day over here. Like, <laughs> is this is this what I heard? It's like replace Pepe Sylvia with Celestica flute. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's great that you that you are catching that from this but i don't think i quite hear it unfortunately but hey that's our question of the day he's here guys there we go if if you hear this let me know because i want to be not crazy (laughs) (laughs) is is um turtle guy saying is this celestica flute in this episode (laughs) please let us know in the comments have i been driven to madness past the point of cyrus The answer is probably yes. And speaking of the devil, as Ash gets turned down from a battle because of a very concerned Cynthia, clearly. A hearty laugh can be heard coming from the road as a man with blue hair and a suit walks up to them saying, hey, that's just Carolina's way of saying hi. As Brock and Don are discussing how she doesn't mince her words. Yeah, what an entrance. It's very, as someone who only experienced Cyrus from like the games and mm-hmm. from like other materials such as like Masters, this is very unsettling. Yes, like and like I'm sure if you're if you're only watching the anime and have never seen Cyrus mm-hmm. before, you would fall for this, right? And as someone who is familiar with him otherwise, I'm like. This feels wrong. Mm-hmm. And like, even though I know he's Cyrus, I'm like, it's just so weird how convincing he is and how like, yeah, that, that works. That tracks. It's just like sociopath to the max. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's just so convincing in that he's just not how you expect this character to be introduced. Yeah, like he comes out of nowhere. Like, like you know, Team Galactic's this whole episode's deal, but still seeing him like come up in this fashion is just like, oh, just like <laughs> so much adrenaline, I guess. It's like, oh my god, oh my god, like what's gonna happen here? Right? Because he's smiling, he's laughing, he's not in any uniform, he's almost charming. Yes. And it's it's disturbing. Like, I'm just not used to this. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to a Cyrus that, like, is a character that others are warmed up to or even happy to see. Right. Like, that level of charisma is concerning because it's not something you would associate with him. And yeah. also because it's a weapon. Mm-hmm. That That's it. it. It's a weapon. It's, it's entirely... Mm-hmm. Like a disguise, a ruse, whatever you want to call it. Like it's, it's his main deceit here is that mm-hmm. he's this charismatic, likable guy, right? Because in all reality, he's not. 
Exactly. And it's just stressful to see how easily it works on everyone. Mm-hmm. And speaking of things working, Mars reports that, hey, Phase 2 is ready and standing by. Saturn Saturn's kind of in charge of this whole thing and checks with the other teams who are standing their positions. We see them, like, Team Galactic kind of preparing a bunch of explosives behind the museum. Uh, over by the historical sites. Uh, so things are going on there. And this is where Cynthia then formally introduces... I know we just talked all about him, but <laughs> this is where Cynthia introduces everyone. Yeah. Um, she says, This is Sinos and Mogul of Sinos Industrial Complex Cyrus. And then, mm-hmm. quickly, she says, He's responsible for building and library construction. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Very weird thing to note. Just building construction. You don't have to mention the libraries. Right. Like, maybe if she said historical centers or something? Yeah, because this isn't a library. The only library Mm -hmm. that we really know of in Sinnoh comes later. Exactly. So, I I thought it was a weird extra detail as well, because you kind of just have to say industrial complex mogul, and you'd get, okay, he has money. And, and just to make that differentiation between buildings and libraries, I'm like, really weird phrasing there, Cynthia. What's also weird is it seems that Cynthia knows of Cyrus, but doesn't know Cyrus. Because she right. says, like, you must be Cyrus. But then mm-hmm. Cyrus seems very familiar with Carolina. Yes. I so feel it's like, like... It's like, what history is here? The implication in my head is that he helped construct this facility. That's what I'm thinking. Right? Okay. Yeah. And like, he's kind is, of... This is technically his building. <laughs> he, he has some stocks in here, basically. Which tracks because they have the full schematics mm-hmm. into their system. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Team Galactic has a very comprehensive map of the inside. And are able to hack it very easily, as we'll see in a few minutes. So... Interesting, interesting. I didn't even put that together. But here, he kind of describes himself as an amateur history scholar. Uh, very kind of shy and downplaying his talents. Uh, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, Cyrus. Okay. And he is, of course, as, as a historical amateur, historic, amateur historian, basically, himself. He says that he was concerned to hearing about the adamant ore being stolen and felt like he had to do something. So now he's here. Okay, very self-righteous here. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's like, hey, I invested way too much in this building for it to get, like, broken into. So I'll break into it myself. (laughs) Exactly. And Brock's like, oh, I know how you feel. And again, uh, now comparing Cynthia to the lustrous orb. But uh, before you can get far, he also is like, all right, Krogug, this is twice now. What's going on? And Krogug again is staring intently off into the distance, not concerned mm-hmm. with any of Brox's shenanigans. He's just not having it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then at the entrance as well, we get a Team Rock disguised as police officers coming up. And um, you know what? Better than their last plan with the orb. I was about to say, this is surprisingly competent for them. Besides right. Meowth. <laughs> exactly, because Meowth immediately like blows their cover, basically. But these other police officers are clearly not smart enough. And, 
we we cut away but they fell for it is the implication so and it's, it is kind of funny that that they're like hey let's just use meowth as our like police pokemon basically right um because this other pair that they run into has like a growlith with them um and <laughs> just like I, I feel like there's so many red flags here but again just one of the many nitpicks that we don't need to get into here Inside the museum, or uh, the historical center, they are walking down the hallway where they see uh, a portrait of Dialga and Palkia uh, on each side of the hallway. And Carolina's explaining about how the town has a deep connection with both of these legendary Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And Carolina's done extensive research on this, and they just passed like a library full of books, basically. And uh, as they reach the end of the hallway, the Don ru- runs up to the end of the room and is like, wow, what an impressive piece. Because it's, I don't know if it's like a photograph or if it's like, I think it is a photograph, actually. Was it the photograph or was it like a reconstruction? I think it's a photograph because there's like a lighting thing around the side. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's basic- not the real one we we learn later. A- a- exactly, yeah. Um, but it's basically an image showing the three late guardians of Sinnoh surrounding an orb in the middle. And Dawn runs up to one corner and is like, hey, I've seen this Pokemon. And Carolyn's like, what? And then Ash runs to up to the other corner and is like, yeah, I've seen this one. And they're talking about Mesprit and Azelf. Get the little flashbacks here. Yes. Yes, they did, in fact, see these two. (laughs) In case you forgot and haven't been watching the last, like, hundred episodes. Right? You know, yeah, this is, like, one of the fair uses of give them for a flashback. As Cynthia's like, where? Where did you see them? And Dawn's like, at Lake Verity, which was episode one. (laughs) 90 episodes ago. Yeah. 96 episodes ago. In Ash's corner, he's like, yeah, I saw this at Lake Valor, which was when we had the Wallace Cup about, like, 20 so episodes ago maybe more this is where i'm like there's payoff for that first episode right we're we're getting these threads coming together and you know this uh, this art piece whatever it is is Mm -hmm. really clever Mm, how so like their placement matches geographically how so is yes Exactly. Like this is like in the southwest corner, you have uh, like Verity with Mesprit. In the southeast, you have uh, Valor with Azelf. Right. And then, as we're about to get to Uxi and Lake Acuity in the north, Snowpoint. Uh, and then in the center, you have the lustrous slash adamant orb, uh, either or apparently, mm-hmm. uh, which mirrors Mount Coronet, which stands firmly in the center of Sinnoh. Right, alongside something else, which will isn't revealed quite yet, but if you play the games, you know what's really going on in Mount Cornet. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone here is kind of shocked to hear that they've seen these late guardians, because apparently no one has basically seen them. Ever. And, right? <laughs> and they explain that each of them have their own specialty with um mesprit being wiz w- no mesprit being um emotion mm-hmm. uh as up being willpower and yuxi being 
wisdom. Yes. And together they're connected as the late guardians and as beings of their respective aspects, basically. Uh, and Brock says, like, oh, yeah, we heard about this legend also from Zoe because she's from Snowpoint City herself. And May. And May, yes, because May went to Snowpoint to evolve her Eevee. Carolina says that the legend also says that the spirits usually only let their, like, spiritual form basically come up, which explains why they're these transparent 3D-looking things rather than the full-colored version that we, we know from the games, probably. Mm-hmm. And that they're supposed to protect over humankind. And she's like, yeah, it's a very... It's very... So it looks like that's what you probably saw. Like, you didn't see the actual Pokemon, but you saw their spirit self. Which is, you know, still way more than anyone else has reported. What, what did you think about that explanation, though, for the way we've seen these Pokemon? I think it's interesting because it, it shows that, you know, these are cautious Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're aware of their role in everything. Mm. And, and, and they're not going to put themselves in danger. I mean, they're very frail, mm-hmm. little fairy looking things. Like they're not, <laughs> you know, like if Dialga or Palkia just showed up as they are, you know, nothing's going to mess with them. Right. I think I think these three are very aware that they're vulnerable and that they're valuable. And and they, they know their roles in summoning Dialga, Palkia, and whatever else. Interesting, yeah. Uh, that also is a nice contrast to what we see from mythical or legendary Pokemon sometimes in movies being very, like, carefree or just not necessarily aware in many ways of what impact they have um kind of blissful compared to these more cautious pokemon so now that you mentioned the that are we gonna go into the elephant of the room of the movie oh wait Uh, the fact that we've had dialga and palkia already oh yeah and everyone just seems to forget that right and that they were summoned without the orbs and without these three and <sighs> well technically palkia summons this town into this dimension yeah so I, I i know that's like it's like do we really <laughs> want to get into that like it's just like it is... mm-hmm. they're going for the same story twice it feels like or rather they're going for the story from the games but it already conflicts with the Dialga Palkia story that we got in a movie. Right. That, that has been that has been slightly referenced throughout this series. So that that's why it's just mm-hmm. uncertain to me. I don't know. It feels weird. It is and in just a few episodes from now, they'll actually find a Licky Licky, which they first saw in that movie. Oh, yeah. No one recognizes it. Yeah. So it's ambiguous, <laughs> for sure. I'm very curious how, how they'll run into Darkrai in the future as well. But oh, we know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that maybe the way it works here is that, again, Palkia kind of kidnapped this town using its space powers. 
So they didn't right. actually come back to Earth. But it's also the fact that they have a different goal for how these Pokemon are going to be used in this arc. Right, right. So, true, I'm not going to discount the fact that like, the whole first movie is like, oh, there they are, it's, and no one mentions them here. But in the, in the bigger narrative, it works, but barely. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no, no question there. And here again, they talk about how in the middle it could be either the Adamant or the Lustrosaur, because it's just a nebulous spear, basically. Yep, just a sun shape. Yeah, yeah, it's like has glowing things around it. And Cyrus gets the idea of like, hey, these kids have seen these like spirits. Why don't we see if maybe they have a reaction to the Lustrous Orb? And Carolina's all on board. She's like, all right, interesting. Come with me. Yeah. This is the one thing that just doesn't sit right with me with Cyrus's plans. It... Well, like, it brings it to is question. Is he just stalling? Mmm. Right, because we'll get to how it all plays out, but it is a little weird once we get to the Lustrous Orb. Uh, it's in a locked room, and Carolina has to open it using her, like, biosignature, yeah. basically. Like, it, it's clear that that's what he's trying to get at. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how could he have planned... Like, it's the one thing he can't plan for is Ash... Rock and Dawn. Right. Like, how was he going to convince them to go check it out? Right. And part of me is like, maybe he was just going to count on his charisma and rolling a 20. Yeah. Because. Plus five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, we see how much Carolina already, like, jokes with him and yeah. all that. So maybe. But this definitely makes it easier for him. Mm hmm. As they get to the room, uh, a Team Rocket is actually themselves trying to get in, disguised as police officers. Uh, but immediately, they, they like... They relieve the shift, and then... Right, like, they... Okay, so my question is, they relieve the shift, and no one seems to think anything's wrong. So, did they, like, kidnap the actual police, replace them, and learn the schedules? I don't even know. Because that's the only way I can see them being like, hey, wait, you're not supposed to be here at this time. Or like, who are you? So, I, I, again, could just be giving them more credit than they need. But <laughs> they are here guarding the door. And Officer Jenny, say, Officer Jenny says, hey, we can't really let you guys inside uh, to Ash and Carolina's crew. Um, so we'll, you'll just have to take a quick peek inside and then leave. So it's still guarded. And um, Team Rocket is still is still giving orders to like, hey, keep an eye out. <laughs> like how Jenny. The, the status the status is quo. Yeah, right. And <laughs> no one no one here suspects a thing. Um, and then this like complex gate opens up, and I'm like, what are the physics of this? <laughs> Don't think about it. Yeah, it's 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 a fun little like jail cell thing but anyway they like say oh wow it has an amazing glow as they it's quite lustrous <laughs> like gee you don't say it, it, it's almost like you know that's what this thing is is a lustrous orb it, it glows it's lustrous cyrus says its beauty is timeless 
And Team Rocket's like, wow, that's also a really nice looking treasure there. So everyone here is enamored by this. And as they walk in, Cyrus is like, hey, do you feel anything to Ash and Dawn as they stare really intensely at this orb in the case? And nada, nothing. Nah, no thanks. And he's like, impossible. You're not looking carefully enough. And Caroline says, hey, you don't have to be upset. Remember, they're only looking at it for the first time. And then he's like, uh... Mm-hmm. This is like the, the facade starts to crack. Right. His composure is, is starting to crumble a bit as, as, he, as his emotions are getting the best of him here. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like standing in front of this treasure. And I'm just so passionate about history, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then he goes into like a full on like minute long lore dump. Yeah. Right. You know, like, hey, let me just tell you about the origins of our world. <laughs> And the reason I bring this up is he, like, keeps talking about peace and Mm. war, Mm. and it gets, like, really dark. Oh, are there any specific moments? Yeah, he's like, there's no war. It's a paradise of peace. And then Carolina's like, oh, that's Cyrus, the beacon of peace. (laughs) And then he's, like, he's, like, staring down with this, like, creepy, like, grin. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking at Dawn and Ash, and he's like, "You know, children, you need to know the difference between battles and wars." Mm. Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Don't forget this, especially because you've met the late guardians." Right. And then he's like, "Let us give thanks for miracles." And he like looks at his watch and sees like fifteen seconds left. Yeah, and that's like, oh shoot, what fifteen seconds to what? Jeez. <laughs> Okay. It's an intense moment, and I, it is, I think, a, exaggerated a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Cyrus is trying to keep... religious. <laughs> <laughs> well, also the fact that he's trying to keep up this facade, mm-hmm. and even, like, recovers from it, but then goes on this whole monologue. Battles, like, know, know what wars are. <laughs> like, right. Jeez. Uh, you're, you're raising some red flags here, buddy. And as he's looking at the countdown on his watch, Ash and Dawn are kind of having an introspective moment, being like, hey, like, we don't know why they chose us. Yeah. So, again, kind of saying, hey, there's a link between these Pokemon and you guys, but we don't know what that is quite yet. And as Cyrus, like, looks away from his watch, he's like, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to know more about... These instances where you met the late guardians, and then the clock hits zero. This—that's weird to me. Is it him stalling still, or like five seconds, or like does he actually want to know? Both. I think he's stalling so that they can keep the door to the room open. Agreed. But Mm -hmm. then, like, I feel like this is information that Cyrus would want to get from these two, and he just doesn't. And it's just dropped and never brought up again. Yeah, and like, I feel like he can gather at this point that they don't have much more to say. That's true. Because they every time it's kind of been like, yeah, we saw them. We don't really know what it means, and that's it. So maybe he's cut on a little more than most people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I, priority is getting this orb. That's true. So then we get like, one of the more violent scenes 
of the historical ruins behind them just blowing up in smoke and fire and stone crumbling. And it's like a destruction that they can feel from inside the room as everything's shaken and everyone kind of braces themselves. Except for Cyrus, who is has mm. a smirk on his face as the ground trembles. And he's right. also... He's also positioned behind everyone, so it's not mm-hmm. like they can see him. He's not, he's being obvious to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no one can, no one's really looking at him. He's also taller than everyone, so like no one's, no one's really also helps, looking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then they get a report for, on Officer Jenny saying that, or Officer Jenny's officers are reporting to her saying, hey, the area's overrun with Golbat, and they run outside the room and try to get an explanation of what's going on, and they hear Team Galactic. Uh, Officer Jenny tries, like, talking to different squads, telling them to cover Area B, like, using their own code, basically. We we try to lock up the Lustrous Orb to keep it safe, but they're denied. Someone got hacked. Yep, the security systems are down, just like Facebook and Twitch or whatever. Getting hacked. Very relevant, yes. <laughs> it won't be relevant when this episode oh, airs. True. Yeah. People will be like, what are hey you guys, talking about? Hey guys, how are you liking Legends Arceus? Please let us know. <laughs> yeah. Please uh, please tell us how you're doing with the uh, third noble Pokemon that we definitely know <laughs> now. Yeah, what's, what's Gen 9 like? Yeah, the doors don't seem to close. And they're like, oh shoot, what do we do? We have to protect the orb, it's vulnerable. And that's when Officer Jenny gets confirmation again that the facility's been hacked. Cindy's like, we have to move it somewhere safe now. And everyone on Ash's team like, hey, we're going to help protect you. And Officer Jenny's like, oh, it's great that we have you here like we did at Veilstone City. So is this the Veilstone City Jenny? Wait, Why? Veilstone? Wait, Veilstone? Yeah, she says, we're lucky we have you like we were in Veilstone City, so I don't know if that's like the royal we, or if it's specifically her. Oh, I thought, I just assumed it was the Eterna Jenny, because it was the oh. one from the plane. Right. I feel like this might be the royal we, then. Um, because there's no other explanation. <laughs> since yeah. the, the Eterna City one was the one on the plane. And this is probably either the Celestic one or. To to be fair, uh-huh. Veilstone is the closest city. Yeah, that's true. So if they needed more resources because, you know, they're fearing an attack. Mm-hmm. Veilstone Jenny would be the first choice. Right. And also Veilstone Sydney is part or at least in communications with the secret police. Yes, yes. Because she's the one who's like, I know who you guys are. You're Team Galactic. And that's where we get the, the exposition back in Veilstone. But yeah, here they're like, oh, we're lucky to have you. Let's get going. And she, of course, enlists the, the Team Rocket in disguise. Uh, clearly a clue is about what's going on. And then we get a cool rooftop scene, actually, as Team Rocket kind of slowly descends upon these officers who are guarding the top. And one of the grunts throws down a literal flash grenade. Yep. So that blinds everyone. And uh, <laughs> they just <laughs> appear on the roof. Right. Like, 
we don't see them dazed, but like that's the implication that they're just recovering their sight because everyone's now on the roof. And uh, talk to Croak just goes ham. And this triggers Croakling to come out of its Pokeball back downstairs. Yeah. And we learn that this is why he's been all... We can assume this is why he's been all out of funk today. Exactly. And and everyone stops and looks at Croakling. Brock's like, I'll go after Croakling. You guys go do your thing. He's <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds and, good. And- and this is my biggest complaint about the episode is we don't get to see most of that. Yeah. That's true. I wish we got more. And like there I think there would be some room. Um but Just this cut down uh, Carolina's like weird banter at the beginning. Right. Or or like more of what happens in the next episode maybe. Mm-hmm. Um so they are running towards the entrance with the orb on the cart. But as they get there, they're stopped to death in the tracks by Saturn, Bunch of Golbat, Bronzer, and Team Rocket Grunts. Galactic Grunts. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Team Galactic Grunts. And uh, Cyrus gives Saturn a little, like, head movement. Yeah, he's got a lot of, like, subtle movements that we see here and in the next episode. It's clever. Right. It's clearly some sort of communication that they've planned or some signals, at least, to communicate with each other as he kind of, like, nods. I, I'm guessing to say, like, yes, or, like, continue. And <laughs> uh, Saturn starts by saying, hey, hand over that lustrous orb. Um, and Cynthia then puts together that, hey, destroying the ruins was just a diversion. Ah, oh, very clever. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I guess of all people, it's nice that the, Cynthia says it, and they're moving so fast, it's not too annoying for me. Yeah. Like, if this was over 10 minutes and they're like, oh, I figured it out, then, like, oh, like well, of course, like, we all did. <laughs> Everyone did, like. Right. It, I mean, they have very little to go off of, too, because they've right. been in one hallway this entire time. Exactly. Um, they, don't, they don't have all the information like we do. They haven't seen, but yes, Team Galactic did indeed blow it up. Right. And, and they haven't seen the rooftop yet. Exactly. And Brock's discovering what's going on here as he finds Krogunk staring down uh, Saturn's Toxicroak at another hallway. So Yeah, and we, we get that through the cut from Saturn's speech. Right. Because I guess he's also stalling because he's just like saying how Bronzor put everyone outside to sleep and Toxicroak's handling the inside. Let me get that. Uh, get that cut there. Are they dead? Are those police officers dead? <laughs> because I hope not. <laughs> Toxicroak is taking care of them, but it doesn't learn hypnosis. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I think it just poison jabs everything because it's yeah. just what it's been doing that's true I'm, I'm just concerned because the way it poisons jab it, the way it poison jabs is not like a soft Stabbing. hand yeah exactly just straight up clawing into them and he talks all about team galactic's brilliant plan ash is like no you're not getting this and don's like yeah well he said <laughs> and then carolina's like they're so brave it's like right like what no you don't say that <laughs> And then Cynthia sends out Garchomp. Right, as Bronzer is about to use hypnosis, she's like, no, use Brick Break on Chomp. Uh, yeah. Could have led with that, Cynthia. Right. It took her a little bit, but she's like, all right, battle dance. Oh, yeah, battle dance. What a great so, call out. 
Yeah, and Bron- Bronzor just gets a wiped. Saturn is like, ah, return. It's like, oh my god, finally something in their plan is going wrong. Yeah, because it's really running smoothly. Right. Everything um, is on the clock. And then we learn that the hypnosis wears off because Bronzor is or Bronzong is withdrawn. But that doesn't really oh. go anywhere. Wait, they mention it. They they straight up say like the hypnosis wore off. Do it. What? Yeah. No. He he. Saturn brings in the Bronzong, and then I forget who, but someone says the Bronzor. Uh, yeah, Bronzor. Whatever. I wrote it down wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Bronzor gets withdrawn, and then someone makes a comment. I think it was Saturn that the hypnosis wears off. Oh, okay. But they don't do anything about it. Like no one storms in from the outside to to save them. Interesting. Okay, I I missed that. <laughs> it's just like a really weird detail. I don't see that. Okay, so they brick break Garchomp, and then Saturn's like, ah, oh, frustrated, so he returns it. Yeah. But then who says the the hypnosis? Oh. Uh, oh no no. Oh, stops the hypnosis that they were using then. Right. Oh, that makes more sense. But yeah, I, I mean, that would be useful. It's like, if you knock out the hypnotizer, everyone comes back. Yeah, but I'm like not... watching it now. Right. Oh it's... yeah, it stopped the hypnosis, okay. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, one's using, uh, no one's using electric terrain here, unfortunately. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Cynthia's like, hey, I'll take care of them, you guys get away. Officer Jenny's like, alright, let's go. And immediately are cut off by Mars. Mars. Yeah, so this had to be stalling because Mars right. had to get from the ruins to the inside to make exactly. this dramatic entrance. Right, and immediately like halts them in their track as they try running back down the hallway. Um, because now they're completely surrounded. And everyone has like a dramatic head turn, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, whoa, okay. Like, wasn't expecting that. Exactly. And they really weren't expecting what happens right after this. Yep. As Mars says, phase four is complete. And officer says, officer is like, we're surrounded. (laughs) And? And Ash is like, we should have known there were more of them. We're trapped. And then the roof above them. Yeah. Is broken by it's a glass ceiling. Broken yeah. by a Krogunk falling downwards. No and... one expected this. <laughs> right? <laughs> what was your reaction? I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of this. Right. <laughs> they were fighting. Okay. So Saturn and Toxic Krog make their entrance on the roof. And then right. the next we see of Saturn is he's with Bronzor at the bottom. Yeah. And Toxicroak is elsewhere inside, so we just, like, skipped ahead at least, like, five minutes. We got back to the roof somehow. And then, yeah, and then Toxicroak's fighting Krogunk inside, downstairs. And then Toxicroak sends Krogunk flying through the roof? Right, so they somehow got back up and outside, and now are crashing back indoors, right? Like, jeez. I wish I saw that over Saturn's monologuing. Yeah, or like maybe you have his monologue playing over that fight. Yeah. That'd be awesome. No, no, we just get Krogunk randomly flying through the roof we didn't even know he was on. 
but we do get Toxicroak coming down and like dive bombing him with a poison jab. God, this was brutal. Yeah. This was like actually like scary. Right. Like it looks like he's like gutting this crow gunk basically. Mm-hmm. And, and then Saturn has the audacity to like follow up by saying we don't desire excessive violence. Yeah, it's it's like the biggest <laughs> Like, sir, what was that? Right? Like that's not excessive? Like what what's your boundary here? Uh-huh. It's kind of I think it's it's he's trying to say like, hey, like we don't have to do that to all of you, but we will. Yeah, it's like threatening. Exactly. And Cynthia's not having it. Mm. She says, not on your life. And she sends oh. out a Pokeball and dun dun dun. This is the cliffhanger as everyone. Dr- dramatic pause. Right. For like a minute. What Pokemon do you think she was sending out here? Oh, you can't ask me that. I already know. I know. That's true. I, I, I remember oh, gee, trying to it's guess. It's her spirit tomb. <laughs> uh, uh, that'd be great, actually. <laughs> actually, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. That'd be cool yes. that she has this very like exclusive Pokemon. Yeah, and then watch Ash and Dawn freak out because they're like, didn't we lock you away? Right? They're like, Zithy, what are you doing? It's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you know the myth of the Aura Guardian? Oh, it's, it's obviously her Roserade. I'm looking at her oh, game true. Team. That's what she's it, sending out. Yeah, she doesn't get Togekiss until Platinum, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But this is where the narrator leaves us off with like a whole breakdown of everything that's happened in the last five minutes we're just like zoomed by basically Mm -hmm. and this is where we end episode 44 of battle dimension losing its lustrous before we dive in to the next one jm what's your rating i think this one was really solid i want to put it like a 7.58 somewhere in that range Mm -hmm. i think the endings kind of like we've been over the toxic crow gunk logistics i I think with any of these episodes you just have to by this point understand that there are things that just don't make sense yeah uh and not look at them too deeply Mm -hmm. i love the exposition and lore and just the structuring of it and watching all just throughout this episode so many threads of the past like 96 episodes have just come together so well yeah we have characters that know each other we have you know the growth of the beginning with ash like mm-hmm. demonstrating his moves we have like him reflecting on like time with paul we have all the team galactic stuff falling into place and we have you know all these just threads that are like being tied very neatly together it's just so satisfying great way to pump you up for the next half um uh, honestly this could be like a season ender arc is what ooh. i would say Hmm. I know it isn't. Right. I know we have more to discuss after these two episodes, but it, it feels like a point. I'll I'll get to it later. But I sure. have a comparison to make that. We, I I won't spoil that. Yeah, I'll give it like a seven point five. I also think it does a great job with the setup and the tone, even if it doesn't necessarily fill in all those plot holes that we've kind of alluded to. I wonder if they had more time or more budget that that was how they would execute it where we'd still get a lot of these voiceovers but it would be a bit more 
more visually exposit expository, I guess. Mm -hmm. In terms of like, hey, we can still give all these explanations, but kind of show you the scenes of what's going on to parallel, but also yeah, contrast, which would be I, more cinematic. And I get like, we can't always do that, but I, that would be such an awesome like remaster of this episode. I think especially the like news report at the beginning could have benefited from that. I That's also my thing is that remember at the Turna City eternity heist how like there was news all over that um yeah outside at least i i don't know if i like that there isn't or there or if i do it, like it yeah if you like it or not yeah because in some ways it shows how secretive and effective it is that's not like ah team rocket stole it and it's a kind of a silly moment right compared to this being like they stole it. They locked down this place. They hacked the systems. Like, there's just so blew much. blew up the ruins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's such a destructive moment in this. Yeah. And I think this episode really highlights that, like, Team Galactic is serious mm -hmm. about whatever it is they're after. Yeah. Like, they're not playing. Sure. We saw them, like, taking the meteorites and, like, destroying, like, making those ruins go crazy with the unknown and, like, they're pretty behind the scenes in the Eterna heist because right. they just paid Rocket to do it. They outsourced the work, basically. Here, yeah. they're all hands-on. Yeah, it's all hands-on. Like, they're elaborate. Like, the plan's thought out. They've, like, planned backups for their backups. <laughs> right. Like, it, it's just everything is falling into place for them. Like, it just feels high stakes. And cutting the episode here is... Like, sure, it does no favors for, like, the arc as a whole because you're just like, let's just get it going. But if you ended up with this cliffhanger, you'd be like, I need to know what's happening next. Oh, yeah. I don't even know where to start with this. Cynthia being in this episode does a lot for it. And it, yes, it's just like, I want her to be like this in the games. Yeah, I mean, you you have this presence about her. I mean... People say it all the time that she's like a really strong champion and like her grandmother, of course, is fawning over her. Mm -hmm. um, but then you just get those displays like one shotting with brick break mm -hmm. to just wreck that bronze or, you know, she's got a guard chomp with her. <laughs> <laughs> that in itself is enough. Right. And then she's sending out her second Pokemon. You're like, oh, no, like this could get even more serious at this yeah, point. Like guard chomp couldn't seal the deal like okay yeah what are we getting now like she does a lot for this episode and it just all feels natural here mm -hmm. so episode 44 again i'll probably give like a 7.5 as well so let's move on to 45 a double team turnover where we we basically do a quick recap of what what's going on cynthia is sending out her second pokemon and it is gastrodon come forth from the seas Ooh, Gastrodon. I love Gastrodon. I do too. I just wish it was the blue one. Uh, agreed, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were not gonna... No, no, no. I, I prefer the blue one. Uh -huh. Um, Man, as a kid, I was like... I was so confused when they're like, oh, here's a different Gastrodon. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Right? Like, what is this Shellos? What is this Gastrodon? Like... Why is the shellos like way cuter than the pink one? 
It's got little horns. I love it. Right? And then, like, they look exactly the same as Gastrodon, but they keep the ears from the blue ones. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) It's just like, what? I like Gastrodon. Yeah. It's, It's a good Pokemon. I ran one on Sword and Shield. Oh, yeah. Actually... So I started with Sobble and box my I boxed my Inteleon and was like, nah. Oh. I, I love the water ground combo. It's just mm. so fun to run because mm-hmm. you know, electric just get out of here. You can't. A quick side note, I've always wondered about the possibility of using skill swap to put Sap Sipper on a water oh. ground type. Oh. Absolute tank. I love yeah, it. Yeah, right. However, Krogunk is not tanking any more hits as it's lying unconscious. <laughs> and uh, Dawn picks it up from the floor to like, <laughs> not let it lie on the floor, I guess. Yeah. Cradle it like a child. And then she like sends out Pokemon. Oh, right? <laughs> like, geez, she's working overtime here. She looks like a mother. Right? However, Cynthia's not not like going for any paternal mercy here as... <laughs> Gastrodon just unleashes a stone edge uh, at all these Golbat, and its eyes glow, sending out all these rocks at these bats and just making them crumple, basically. Mm-hmm. And during all this... Yeah, let's put a Pokedex entry. That's what this episode <laughs> needs. <laughs> With a dog uh. cradling a, a like comatose Krogunk and Brock kind of well, looking that, around. Okay, to be fair, Ash is the one who prompted it. He's like, check it out. Right? <laughs> like, Ash, we don't have time for this. Dawn, put that away. You're holding <laughs> There's time later. Jeez, but we don't need this. It's the sea slug Pokemon, the evolved form of Shellos, inhabits shallow tidal pools of the ocean. And has a sturdy shell to protect its body. Yeah, it also inhabits this historical society as a wreck shop. Right. Uh, however, this historical site's leader is like, well, isn't that nice? Now get out of the way before we move you out, Carolina says. So uh, she's, <laughs> she's really got some ego just from, from her granddaughter. Yeah, my granddaughter's the goddamn champion. Right? <laughs> Don't mess with us. She's Get the freaking avatar. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> and right. Cyrus is like looking around, not very happy at this time. Saturn's like, Ugh, like I don't feel like showing off, but I'm going to battle you. And Cindy's like, well, that's an issue for you because I'm okay showing off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. This present. I love it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I never really felt that with Steven. I guess Wallace, but mm-hmm. you know, anime Wallace is very different. Lance, uh, I guess. I don't know. Oh, and then what? Gary's just a jerk. I don't know. Cynthia's the first champion I really felt was like a champion. Lance is more about fighting justice through, but kind of secretive about it. Well, Cynthia, it's kind of like, if it's here, yeah, I'll do it. But also because her values are with, like, heritage and preservation and all that. Yeah. Which I think gives it a nice dimension to it. Yeah. A, ba- a battle dimension, you might say. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Ashton's Ashton. the episode. I'm out. 
<laughs> Ash sends out Chimchar to try to finish off this battle, and Pikachu comes out too. Oh boy! And Dawn so sends out this little monkey after <laughs> after Cynthia sent out her Gastrodon, her Ace, right? And her her Gastrodon and her Garchomp, which the Garchomp is the Ace. Hey, maybe he's expecting Bronzer to come back. Oh boy! Uh, but Dawn sends out Pachirisu. So now they've got two electrics, a water, and a fire type. And Team Rocket's like, oh, geez, this is going to be a big battle. Like, we got to figure out how to get out of here. Yeah, and, and then it's like super smoky. <laughs> right. Well, right before that, Mars sends out Perakli to use Shadow Bowl. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Toxicroak uses Dark Pulse. So uh, Ash has his Pokemon uh, counter the. Shadow Ball, yeah, with Pikachu's Thunderbolt, and There's then so much I didn't even keep track of it. <laughs> just like they're, they're throwing everything they got at this, right? Like they're they're all like protecting themselves and each other with like Muddy Water, Dragon Claw, and then Ash is like, "Hey, cover me!" Uh, while I like get an attack in, so she sends Piplup and Bachirisu to attack together and clear a way for Ash. And this is where Ash kind of goes all out and has Pikachu use Volt Tackle on Toxicroak. Yeah, going for it. it yeah, and like this isn't a move he uses lightly. Mm-mm. It's As like we, his Brave Bird for Pikachu, basically. Exactly. But Pikachu's a little slow here, and Toxicroak goes in for like a. Was it Brick Break or something? No, it was a uh, Poison Jab. It was? Okay. Oh, it, it bears the fang or the the claw. It does, but it doesn't like do the glowy thing. So that's why I wasn't it, it sure. Never, no, it, it never glowed. Really? Yeah. I thought it did when it stabbed Crocunk. No, it didn't. Okay, interesting. It just straight up stabbed. It just <laughs> don't need the cosmetic. Crocunk's glows. But Pikachu's glowing. Not gonna be glowing here for much longer as that jab comes for it. And Chimchar, however, pushes Pikachu out of the way and takes the hit himself. Jeez. Which Ash is like barely there in time to catch him throughout all the smoke. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like they have another casualty, not just Krogunk. While that's happening, however, Team Rocket tries sneaking off with the orb. And Officer Jenny is quick to notice, however, for like the first time ever. Like. <laughs> Uh, good job jenny <laughs> right they Proud like yeah they reach a window and as james trying to like balance it on his head the orb falls and everyone immediately stops as we see meowth catch it as it hits the ground so the jig is up as carolina's like that meowth can talk and <laughs> ash and don have the great reaction here which is they're like oh, it's them yeah, they're like super annoyed. Yeah. She's like, as Cynthia's like, who are they? Sounds like they're an annoying bunch of Pokemon thieves. Like, you just, like she just wants to like be like, I hate that we're in this situation. Like, before it was fun, but now that they're here, it's really just a pain. Jesse's like very indignant at this. And like, you know what? They're kind of right. The cards are in their hand. Like they have the illustrious orb, everyone in this room wants it, but they're already sh- saying like, "Hey, if you get close, we're gonna drop it." Yeah, I mean, they're just like, sure, it's in their best interest to keep it, right? But they're willing to just 
Yeah, and it let probably it, let it go. It probably helps that they also already almost dropped it. Yeah, because everyone's like, "Oh shoot!" Like, uh, like they immediately are more scared. Um, but as they're kind of taunting everyone on their way out, Mars is visibly frustrated. Saturn is looking for signals from Cyrus still and steps out of the way to let them leave, which shocks everyone. Yeah, I mean, Cyrus, like, notions for him, too. Right. Um, And he complies, so Team Rocket just leaves the building out the front door, and with a snap of his fingers, Saturn sends all the gold back crashing through the windows. Very dramatic. Right? I'm like, what was the plan? Were you just, like, covering for themselves? Because... Well, that's how everyone escapes. Right. Yeah, I thought they were going to, like, go out and surround Team Rocket. No, they just <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that, that was that was in, in the backup plan, apparently. And yeah, they're all gone. And then everyone here is like left alone in the room. And as Ash is like, hey, let's go after them. Cynthia's like, hey, hey, chill. You're you're having a Paul moment here. Go take these Pokemon to the Pokemon Center. <laughs> yeah, priorities. Keep your right? team safe. And Ash is immediately like, oh, yeah, you're right. So. Also, Jenny's like, hey, you guys are kids. Let us do this. <laughs> but it's also like one, like 10 minutes ago, you were like, I'm glad yeah. we have you kids here. Like we had a right? hailstone. Uh-huh. And then on top of this, Jenny's have never been competent at their jobs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so See, uh, the Eterna heist and Nando <laughs> being framed. Hey, that one also was police politics. So, you know, <laughs> layers. <laughs> you know. But uh, Brock comes running over and checks on Krogunk, and he's like, how's Krogunk? And Don says, I'm really sorry, Brock. <laughs> Jeez, it didn't die. <laughs> right? It just, you know, fell from a glass ceiling and got stabbed. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. fine. Just needs a bed rest. <laughs> There's this, like, brutality about, like, battles and, like, moves in this season that's just, like, uneasy to me. Hmm whole Raichu thing from a few episodes back. Yeah, that one really peaked it. I think I'm still very curious about this Toxic Coke because it yeah, seems to be very it's intense. Yeah. yeah. Cynthia's like, Garchomp, go look for the orb. And Ash is like, well, at least I can do this. So he sends out Staravia um, to go help as well. So uh, Not the uh, very skilled flyer Gliscor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you are so you- still walking on that path. <laughs> Greg is very upset as well that Gliscor did not get his justice in that episode. <laughs> Here's the interesting part. Cyrus blames himself and explicitly says, hey, it's my idea. I'm sorry that we that I suggested having us bring the lustrous orb out here. And and Carolina's like, no, no, it's mine. Like, I'm the one who went with it. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like taking the blame. And, like... Right. And I mean, I'm guessing here Cyrus is doing it to kind of downplay his role kind of yeah i think that's what it is mm-hmm. but it's just weird i don't know it feels like over the top right like at that point it feels kind of too obvious that you're like hey you're drawing a connection between this and yourself but outside saturn is kind of at the outskirts of town uh being like they let freaking team rocket steal the orb and then the Team Rocket grunts are like, don't worry, we'll use the spear key to figure out where it is. And basically tells them where the orb is. Um, I don't know how they make it, like, 
search for that orb and not the other orb, but he <laughs> just points to themselves. Right? <laughs> it's like you already have it. It's like no, no, no the no, other the one. one. <laughs> Back at the Pokemon Center, uh, Ash and Brock get some medicine to give to their Pokemon. They have a chat here with Cynthia. But this is this is definitely like the slower part of the episode. Yeah, I was like on my second watch, just like trying to get through this so I could get to the end. Right. Ash does feel pretty guilty here about using Volt Tackle, though. I don't know. There, there's a lot of guilt in this episode. Mm-hmm. People blaming themselves. Mm-hmm. Not uh, really blaming each other, which is nice. But Yeah, that is good. But maybe they went too far the other direction. <laughs> It's all my fault. No, it's all my fault. Like, <laughs> just focus. Like, keep yeah. going. You're not done yet. And Chimchar is also, like, the one to kind of snap Ash out of this, which is nice, though. Mm-hmm. It's short. And he's, like, he pats Ash's cheek and is, like, hey, don't worry. I'm okay. This is where Cynthia's, like, hey, this is Paul's Chimchar, right? And he's, he's like, yeah. No mention that I rescued it from this relationship because of this and this. But we're just like, yeah, it's mine now. <laughs> Yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah. And she's then very much enwrapped again in the idea of like Chimchar is the result of you two meeting in some way. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the new life that will be born, as she says it from the quote um that we saw from her the first time. Yeah, that's just a little nice growth there, recognition of what like what Chimchar is. And also I think the reason that Ash chose Chimchar um, back at the museum, like out of all his Pokemon, is it was mostly to set up this moment, it seems like. Sorry, but you can't really have this sort of moment with Turtwig. It's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> for, too straightforward. Right, like just for Turtwig. And again, like they just have a heart to heart here with Chimchar being like, hey, you guys are going to go go far together. Uh, outside, however, Team Rocket's like, oh, geez, we're surrounded, like, by literally every <laughs> angle. Yeah. Yeah. Carnivine, however, is the guardian of the orb, which is great. Holding it in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, no one will suspect a thing. Um, and as they're, like, figuring out what to do, Jesse stands on the box to look over a fence, and she's like, oh, the ruins, and leaves it at that. However, a Golbat comes over, sees her looking in that direction, and then flies back. And then... <laughs> Sorry, he just, like, I guess was following the Golbat? Yeah, and I don't know where Garchomp is. Gar- yeah, Garchomp's, like, Garchomp's doing nothing effective here, barely. Living uh, its best life. Right? It's just like, oh, finally, some free time. Um... And Staria looks at Team Rocket, and we cut back to the Pokemon Center where Piplup uh, senses something and looks up, but then we don't see Staria for like five more minutes, so I don't know what, to, what Piplup was doing. <laughs> However, they're like, yeah, we can't let. They're all just talking with Cynthia, basically saying, like, we don't want Team Galactic to make this new world that they're talking about, so we can't let them get the orbs. Um. Yeah, and, and they're just like, we already have one. We can't let them get another one because they have big plans, probably, that aren't going to be good for us. Uh, like, good theory <laughs> at that point. Um, so then we cut to Carolina being like, 
distraught over what happened to these ruins. Uh, while Cyrus is just looking up at this Golbat and sees uh, sees it flying away and knows that something is going to plan, if that's the case. Um, but basically at this point, like, Staravia shows up again and it's like, oh, we know, it knows where Team Rocket is. Um, and Carolina and Cyrus are at the ruins where it's Cyrus who calls out, I believe, that Team Rocket's just hiding in there. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they just kind of walk out very indignant and Cyrus is, is just furious at them. Yeah, he is like not having this. Right. <laughs> like, and we we can tell why for a lot of reasons, but it's just very, it's very telling of what his priorities are. And of who he really is. Like, right. If this, if anything's gonna blow the cover, it's this. Right. Yeah. This is not the same charismatic man we met twenty minutes ago in the show. Exactly. And just outside, as Carolina and Team Rocket are are with Cyrus, uh, we get Mars at the entrance, telling her team, "Hey, we're moving in because she's put all the guards to sleep using her perugly." So. Apparently, that's the strap for these admins. Like, either use your bronzer or perugly and put them to sleep. Yep. Um, and then everyone's racing in, in Cynthia's Jeep over <laughs> to, <laughs> to the ruins. Uh, guard, <laughs> and, and this is a fun little moment where she's like, all right, Garchomp, you, you go take, take point. You get Pikachu on Garchomp. Yeah, and Piplup is like, I want to go too. Oh my god, Piplup I, on Staravia. I love this. I, and I'm like, Piplup, you jerk, go get on guard job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Don's like, oh, Piplup, you want to go too? Okay, you go too, buddy. Uh, sure, go for it. <laughs> right. I, I guess we gotta like give Staravia a reason to go to. So they take off ahead of them. And back at the ruins, Mars kind of jumps on in and it's like, hey. You guys fell right into our trap. We know where you were the whole time, and Team Rocket, like, loses it. <laughs> they don't reveal, but they're basically saying, like, hey, we knew where you were the whole time, pretty much, with the, with the spear key. Okay, wait, so they knew with the spear key, but then the Golbat also... Uh, okay. Oh, I'm guessing they probably sent the Golbat to confirm. Yeah, and the Golbat and then, like, also... Um... Motions to Cyrus. Oh, that's so when, true. So when they first enter, when Cyrus and Carolina first enter the ruins, he sees the Golbat flying around. So right. I think that that's how he knows. Uh huh. Because he has no there. idea what the spear keys do. What the spear key says, yeah. So I guess the the Golbat signals to him because it's flying above in a circle, right. I believe, and that's his tip off that Team Rocket's there. Oh, and that's why he calls him out probably so easily. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's all coming together. Perugly goes in for a body slam and Bronzer charges up hypnosis, but they're immediately knocked back. <laughs> and Perugly has a great look on its face because Garchomp just smacked it out of the air. Jeez. Uh, so the, the whole crew's here basically. Um, well, at least Garchomp, Stravia, Pepplup, and Pikachu. And uh, James is like, oh, wow, looks like we're under the Pikachu protection plan. 
<laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Um, and then everyone, everyone else comes on the scene with Cynthia, Killian and Cyrus, and um, Team Rocket is like, hey, it worked for us the first time. Let's try it again. Hey, everyone, we're going to break the sphere if you guys don't listen and let us go. Again. Right. Uh, and they're standing right in front of the mural that we saw before inside the museum as an image. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where, actually, Cyrus gets super mad at them. Yeah, I guess he's just trying to maintain his composure the first time. To, uh-huh. like, to the setup but man this time he just doesn't hold back he is wow yeah and we see a kind of thoughtful look on cynthia's face as he goes on this diatribe yeah and he's like talking about how he's gonna like combine the orbs Uh uh-huh use both of them and like bring the guardians and yeah he talks about how the fourth legends right he talks He talks about how, like, the orbs bring great power to Dialga and Palkia, and with the orbs and the guardians, that that his plan, like, it will come together. And we get, like, a sinister red image. <laughs> coming Gee, from- I wonder what this could be. Right? Um, and Ash is like, did he say bring forth legends? <laughs> yeah. Um, we still get, like, a stern look on Cynthia's face, and Carolina's like... Calm down. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he just goes on further and yeah. like doubles down and says like, "No, the orbs are the Pokemon." Right. Like we have to make them understand that like we can't. This is Dialga and Palkia. Which again is like, well, what does that mean about the movie? And yeah, I, and maybe he means like. These are the Pokemon's way to access our world specifically. I, th- I think so because he says this, like these are Diogon Palkia, and this is how we summon them. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like this is their. I mean, they literally have like a giant diamond and pearl on them. Right. It's kind of like the lustrous and adamant orbs. Yeah. It, right. Exactly. And as he says that and exclaims to the sky, Golbat just flood the room. How does no one catch this? Like <laughs> his timing? Like, yeah, Cyrus is like uh-huh. still on our side. Like I know Cynthia gets like suspicious at the end. And like had this Loki that you just mentioned, but Right. It was just kinda cool with all these Golbat flying in and Yeah. Uh they're immediately like, alright, we gotta take care of these Golbat. Um, everyone kind of does something here as Cyrus stands there again with like fist clenched but still smiling, and then Skunk Tech <laughs> <laughs> jumps out of nowhere. Yeah, he just like airdrops in and like takes the orb. Right, just smacks Carnivine and it's like, well, that's mine. I guarantee there was a Pokedex check here that they got. Because <laughs> Ash is like, who's that Pokemon? It's like, Ash, shut up. Ash, it's about to use Hyper Beam on you. <laughs> Do you think Skunk Tank used Thief on Carnivine? Uh, <laughs> Just say. It this to, might, it? It this, has, everything is a move, isn't it? it hey, why not? <laughs> 
and it just hyper beams away team rocket all the golbat flee gunk tank oh, runs over to jupiter with the orb on its head it's like oh good job skunk tank <laughs> and it looks like that their plan is a success as they say backup plan is a success <laughs> as ash tries to get everyone to move and chase after the orb cyrus is still staring at the mural and cynthia and carolina are like cyrus are you okay there buddy yeah and you got this like that anime thing where they like Darken like the the eyes. Uh-huh. They put that like shade over it. It's like okay, we're just gonna keep going. Right. <laughs> and then he turns around and smiles and is like, okay. Well, if this doesn't make mean anything to you, then like I don't know how to explain to you what just happened, but <laughs> he's very much in favor of everything going this way. Again, Team Rocket is like out in the woods just chatting it up about like how how upset they are that this happened because they were so close, honestly. Like, yeah, this was almost a good day for them. Yeah, and then James is like scared. Yeah, because I mean, Cyrus, if Sky- Cyrus like yelled at me too, I'd be like shaken also. Yeah, because now he has this idea of like, hey, Team Galactic's trying to make a new world. Meowth is like, yeah, if they summon Dialga and Palkia, how are they going to handle? those right like what's gonna happen there yeah um you control that exactly exactly which is all the right questions actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we'll find out later as they're chilling at the pokemon center cyrus is like hey i wish i could have helped ash again is blaming himself and then cyrus is like no no you were great that's fine also everyone uh, here was fantastic (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Why you were does... wonderful. <laughs> like, Cyrus, tone it down. You're you're like mm. going past the realm of believable here. Exactly. And he starts walking out. And again, if you'll to... excuse me. Right. Cynthia's still looking after him, and Ash is like, "Hey, uh, are you okay, Cynthia?" And she's like, "Oh no, yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah." And Cyrus exits the episode. Next morning. Mm. Uh, Cynthia's like, where are you guys going? And he says, Heart Home Gym. It's like, oh, yeah. Finally. <laughs> right? Like, she does, he doesn't say, yeah, it's going to be my fourth time. I, can I file a formal complaint to the it's, Pokemon League? <laughs> it's literally been the entire season. Right? Like, like this was a season one thread is that Fontina wasn't there. And here we are at, like, episode, like, 45. Well, no, it was, it was, um, it started in this one because they, oh, oh, no, no you're it, right. It was the tag battle. Yeah, it was, it was before tag battle. Because then they go to Veilstone, then Pastoria. Yep, That's and then true. they like go back to Heart Home, which like <laughs> even the games didn't torture us like that. Like we right, were a fighter by then. So he goes over to Celestic, and now they're going back again. Nurse mm-hmm. Joy, however, tells us what's going on with Cynthia, saying like, "Hey, uh, we got the schedule for your challenges, and it looks like you have a title battle coming up." Yeah, man, I wish we could have seen that. Well, keep watching. We? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Cynthia's like, yeah, like, as he, she explains to them, the title matches are where I have to battle for my champion title. And it looks like we have the next challenger coming up. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be a little weird, like, readjusting to my job after what we just went through. The <laughs> regular living. <laughs> right? Ex- yeah. <laughs> 
But she says, hey, it's important to, to live your full lives and work towards your hopes and dreams. But Galactic should also be stopped. <laughs> right, yeah. Just It's a casual work-life balance. Yeah. We need you to put in like 80 hours this week, but also like devote your time to dismantling this evil mafia that's trying to destroy the world. Yeah, it's like, live your casual. life on one side and stop the national crime syndicate on the other one. And also, like, take care of yourself and get adequate sleep and uh, eat three <laughs> Make the right poppins. <laughs> Easy. Anyone could do it. <laughs> you just need the right attitude. It kind of closes out with a look at that mural that we saw in the ruins. Except for an epilogue scene with hands putting a lustrous orb on top of a machine. Mm-hmm. Next to another machine that's holding the adamant orb which has Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars all looking at it intently. And then the doors behind them open up with someone else in the Team Galactic uniform walking in. Shocking. <laughs> I'm so right? surprised. Greetings, Cyrus. Oh. Uh, <laughs> of course, his time. He walks in and kind of like remarks at Saturn not being as effective as he could be. Yeah, Saturn, like, apologizes. Mm -hmm. And then Cyrus is like, what does he say? He's, like, snarky. And Mars kind of giggles to herself. Yeah, the the, the dynamics here are really fun. Yeah. Jupiter's kind of like the silent type here, which is also an interesting little dimension. And he explains that he learned something while he was undercover. That there have been some recent sightings of the Lake Guardians. Mesprit right. and, and Azelf. And he puts Jupiter in charge of recovering them. Yes. Which again goes into those dynamics because Saturn was clearly in charge here. Right. He's he's kind of he demoting him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like a kick in the face to to Saturn. Uh, because he, he let the plan somewhat fall apart. It still worked in the end for them. I think they kind of had that plan already. It's just like, who's in charge? Like, we know what the plan is going to be because Jupiter says, I will call on the Pokemon Hunter at once. Gee, I wonder who that is. Right? And Mars has a comment. Oh, yeah. Mars has an update about what's going on at the Ironworks with the Veilstone Meteorite and says, hey. Fuego Ironworks, the place I literally (laughs) always forget. Yeah, that's where you go get your fire types. Because I just don't even remember it exists. It's yeah, it's a very secret little place. Apparently very good for uh radar hunting. Mm, so um yeah, you get Pachirisu, Weasel, all that good stuff there. And the and she says they're commencing the initial phase of Project Red Chain. And Cyrus is like, Oh, this is great, this is gonna be the birth of a beautiful new world, and I will bring forth the power of Dialga and Palkia with these orbs. Dun 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 very dramatic yeah another like art splashy end card basically yeah to wrap up a double team turnover episode 45 of battle dimension i'll get my thoughts first here actually go for it yeah i just going through this episode i think it's definitely slower compared to the first one yeah. I could tell I was spending a lot more time kind of just walking through the story here. And I liked it. It just... even I know the rating... Not to confuse the rating and intensity, but, like, 
the way the first episode set up, it was like at a nine in terms of yeah. what what are the stakes here? Like how how much are people are invested in this and need like their full power to to get through the day, basically. Right. And, and it it dips kind of dramatically at in the second half with this episode. But still yeah. stays like around a seven. It's just like so close to going back to that level. But I think they don't quite do that because they really want to show more of Cyrus and yeah. all, all these other characters that are involved in Team Galactic's plan. So I, I think Galactic is the stronger part of the episode than mm-hmm. the heroes. I don't, right. I don't know. The oh, whole yeah. Pokemon, Pokemon Center scene was just like, let's just mm-hmm. move along. It dragged, I think, more than it needed to. It would have been nice to kind of see more of what Team Galactic is doing, but we take a big pause, um, even though everything that's going on is related to them. We don't really get much about what they're up to um, until we get to like the final part, and they're like, oh yeah, we've just been following you guys, basically. Yeah. Again, I'm like, this is... A, it, Cyrus has a really interesting introduction here. Yeah. And... I kind of wish they'd kept that up a little longer in terms of what he's trying to play at here, because by the end, very clearly, they're like, oh, no, he's he's the villain here. He's he's actually not who we think he is, which is fine. But I just wish like they didn't hammer so much to the point where like, hey, our characters who are very naive are starting to get suspicious of this character. Yeah. It's very much the, like, Lysander type. I I know these two are, like, Lysander's pretty much just a clone of Cyrus, let's be real. But, Interesting, okay. Like, Lysander, in, in the Kalos games especially, is, is very much portrayed as, like, oh, this is Sycamore's friend, and this is and he's also friends with mm. Diantha. And, like, mm. I don't know, maybe it's just because that Evolutions episode just came out and I watched that today. <laughs> um, but I've, I've got Lysander on the mind. I've always equated... Lysander to um, Cyrus. I think uh-huh. they're like the closest analogs between Pokemon villains because in the end, their plans just boil down to destroy the world and start over. Interesting. Uh, because Lysander's just terribly written. <laughs> uh, <laughs> different issue. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's that whole like... I. As much as I dislike Lysander, I think they pulled that off better comparing, like, show Cyrus to game Lysander in that it's slight, like, of course, as the player, you already know, like, yeah, this is the villain. Mm-hmm. But it's slightly more believable in that they have these, like, established working and friendly relationships with other characters that you're supposed to trust. Mm. And, like, I guess we had that with Carolina but it really doesn't last longer than these two episodes. Right. And again, comparing to the games, I think we've seen Cyrus like twice at this point. And it's pretty apparent that he runs Team Galactic. Right. Like he's not in any sort of civilian uniform at that point. Yeah, you don't you don't get this like the introduction of Cyrus in the first episode. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it, it just has a really interesting take on this guy who is obsessed with his goal. Mm-hmm. 
and then like turning it on its head in the in like in just a very perturbing way to anyone who's familiar with him. Yeah, it, you feel uneasy. Like yeah. you know where it's going, and that doesn't make it better. So for ratings, I I'm struggling with this one because yeah, it's in the bigger scope of things. I I do like it, but in terms of the pacing, it it kind of drops off unfortunately compared yeah. to what the first one set up. I would probably give it like a six point five. I'd say the same. Uh, very similar reasons. I think as a whole, these two episodes are fantastic, especially together. Yeah. I think if you were just to have like weird writing scenarios aside, if you were just to have a standalone episode that was this story, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have worked. Right. Yeah. I think it, 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 it's it, that it builds off of what was just shown to us mm-hmm. in the episode before and it pays off well and you get to see. Uh, so so here's that comparison that I was going to make earlier is that I would have been fine with this episode ending the series the season uh, because it gives that like Emperor Strikes Back type feel. Oh, OK. Of like our heroes lost. Mm-hmm. Like, they straight up lost this arc. Yeah. The adamant and lustrous orbs are both in the hands of the villains. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it, and they just have to go on living because that's really their only option right now. And they won the first time with the Adamant Orb. Yeah. But now it's <laughs> it doesn't work in their favor, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's it's this sort of feeling like maybe things aren't okay. Yeah. And you know, there's that uncertainty there. And I I feel like that would have been a good spot to end the season. Right. Though I do like it a bit more, at least compared to what we saw in the advanced arc, where we see Team Aqua and Team Magma mostly fighting over like research and yeah, like a meteor at what point, but they never really succeed. But then we still get to the whole climax, but without a lot of those small victories for them. Yeah. Well, here it's very tangible. Like, hey, we need these orbs, and now we're proceeding to the next part of our plan. I will say I've seen breakdowns of, like, the game logic to Cyrus's plan and how it literally makes zero sense. Mm. It's convincing in the in the anime. I don't know. It just is. Yes. It's like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, we need the lake spirits and the orbs. Mm-hmm. The spear key is a little weird. Right, the spear key is kind of like an outlier. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, okay, sure, we have that, I guess. Um, it's a tool, but it's not really necessary in the end. I, yeah, I agree, too. I think that even though we talked about how like the placement and pacing aren't necessarily great, I believe Cyrus more here than in the games in, in lots of yeah. ways. He's just more convincing, and the plan makes more sense, and it's coming mm-hmm. together. Like, I, I don't know. All these threads are coming together. And just from, like, a season and, like, series-based writing, it's good. Yeah. I think this one kind of struggles a bit as an individual episode. Exactly. It's mostly just pacing. And just as a set, how would you rate the two together? Um, This is definitely, for me, a case of, like, some of the parts is greater than... Or, yeah. Some of the parts is greater than the parts individually, whatever the saying is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I would put 
as a combo, eight and a half or nine even. Like I really yeah. like them together. Yeah. It's it just works. Like I know they're like they're good episodes mm-hmm. standalone. I think they're better together. Right. And I think overall the story just works. We get I mean, there's just so much exposition and lore. Mm. There's so much payoff. And, you know, I, I'm partial to a tragedy. I, I really mm. am. I, I enjoy, like, a tale where y- you don't have that certainty you get in, like, a standard story where, like, oh, they beat Team Rocket, the day's over, you know? Yeah, right. Like, moving on. Mm-hmm. This is, like, this has implications moving forward. And there's this uncertainty and this uneasiness in all of the characters. All of our, our heroes are like, oh, we have to get on with our regular lives? Like, mm-hmm. that's hard. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we can see as the viewer that Team Galactic's plans are coming together and that they're competent and that, you know, it, if Team Rocket was doing this, I'd be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah. did not you did not deserve this like it doesn't feel earned this feels earned and even Mm. though we've only seen galactic so few times we get a sense of how strong they are and especially when contrasted with cynthia yeah because we've had this we've had this figure that you know in later series we get like leon for instance who's just this monolith it's like almost unbeatable, un- infallible character that is just like, and do no wrong and is just so strong. And right. to see them beaten, it just, it just increases the stakes and the weight of that. In some ways, seeing Cynthia beaten, not directly, is kind of more ominous or more yeah. nerve-wracking because it's like, Hey, they know they don't need to beat the champion. They just need to yeah. outplay her. I mean, we, we got those one-on-one battles with her, and she mm-hmm. wrecked. She just mm-hmm. destroyed. And he, even when the odds were against her there, and then you see her beaten by a scun tank dropping from the sky? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like, just the... The planning and, and meticulousness of Team Galactic and and their strategies is just impressive. And just going back to something you said earlier, feeling the stakes and like our heroes recognize, hey, something that happened today is gonna carry with us mm-hmm. and affect how we think about daily life. Yeah, and and it's that thing. Like, I wasn't a fan of the Pokemon Center scenes in this episode, mm-hmm. but we did get that bit that we kind of glossed over where Dawn's like, I'm scared. Yeah, that's true. Like she's, and it was back then before the episode was even resolved. It's like, they're worried. They're like, they know they need to get the orb back because they don't know what Galactic's going to do. Mm-hmm. And all of that happening with Cyrus standing, leaning against the wall, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like if they only they knew <laughs> yeah uh, their real enemy was right there the entire time exactly and everything that they're concocting and trying to theorize he's just absorbing here and, and understanding how much they know and how much they think they know 
I think my rating, I give it like an eight, but kind of because I, I, I think they still could have used some of Ash's growth that they showed at the yeah. beginning. Um, mm-hmm. with like Weasel, he's a bit reckless. Yeah, yeah. It, it you, they kind of show the point mostly to set up the scene with Cynthia, but. Uh, yeah, I think it would have been nice to kind of see him try, maybe like take out the gold bat or something. Um, but uh, showing off that new spin technique in his battle, uh, at least like as a test, maybe. Um, yeah. We, we, like just giving giving them a small victory would have been neat. Use it, use it on the gold bats, even like fine. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that kind of wraps up this episode for us. It's an intense one. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I like I like this story. I like the yeah. the villain story in Gen Four. I think, like I said in the games, that his plan makes absolutely no sense. It's just insane sounding. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this was better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, this is like the first proper region team in some aspects yeah because you got aqua magma kind of fighting between the themselves right and then like team rock at some level like giovanni is rarely involved in the bigger scenes it's always like a some some it's always a scientist or something yeah or like sometimes butch and cassie or sometimes matori who is like really random and just shows up from time to time So yeah, that's pretty much it for us this week. Thanks for everyone who stuck through this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, beast of an episode today. Definitely. And also, uh, if you want to share or let us know what your thoughts are on this extensive coverage of the Galactic, Team Galactic Attack on Celestic Town, let us... Or just tell me I'm not crazy. (laughs) That too, uh, question of the week. Uh, feel free to comment down below and just like share with anyone who's interested in this dramatic arc epic i guess unfold yeah. uh that would be awesome as always like you can watch these episodes with us on pokemon tv and see what else is on there from the pokemon anime um that's over on mobile devices with an app also on switch with a game that you can download for free basically and on uh, your browser, if you want to check it out there. Uh, Turtle Guy, if people want to find you and let you know your sanity, where can they do that? Uh, well, you said it. It's uh, Turtle Guy 512 on Twitter. You didn't Twitter say the numbers, okay? You didn't say the number, yes. <laughs> on Twitter mostly, also on Twitch. And if you find me there, you can probably find me elsewhere under other usernames. Yes, and I'm over on Twitter. We'll be teasing. Uh, My name is Will. And I'm Jam. And we will see you in Sinnoh. Bye. See you.